Pittsburgh Steelers' new personnel team of Omar Khan and Andy Weidel are making their presence felt, and it looks like they may be altering how the Steelers build their team. We'll get to that a little bit later, but I want to start by looking at the moves that Omar Khan and Andy Weidel have made, starting with what I consider to be a very important, a very big move. And the signing of Patrick Peterson. This is a key move. I know it's I know it's been a few days and it's the the nostalgia, the the newness of that has worn off, and, and people are much more excited about other position signings. But Peterson is a very big deal. I want to talk about him a little bit. Uh, on last Wednesday, March 16th. On the Curtain Call podcast, Shannon White and I had a guest in to talk about Patrick Peterson. He covers the Minnesota Vikings, and he had a lot of great insights on Patrick Peterson. One of my main questions, because one of the narratives on Patrick Peterson this entire offseason has been, he's much more of a zone cover guy now than a man cover. And people have been saying, well, why would you sign Patrick Peterson when the Steelers play a lot of man and they want to play more man and yet you know he's a zone cover guy well when they say he's become more of a zone cover corner and less of a man cover corner first off you got to understand that's you know he used to be a man cover corner like he is much he's really good at zone now and he's not quite as good as man but he's still a very good man coverage cornerback and one of the questions I asked our guest, was can he run and stay with, in man coverage, a Jamar Chase? And he said, well, you don't want to leave him on an island, but you don't want to leave any cornerback on an island in today's NFL with the rules that they have. But that if you're talking about limiting a guy, staying close with him, maybe, you know, give him a little help, Peterson can do it. Absolutely can. Patrick Peterson is going to be the Steelers' number one corner, and they are going to be a better man coverage team because of it. Cameron Sutton, not a man cover corner. He really isn't. He is a zone guy who can man coverage decently. Not even good at it. I would put Peterson still very firmly in the good to very good category of man coverage. Uh, He's not, again, not a lock this guy on and just, you know, leave that receiver alone. But the Steelers don't play that way anyways. Much of their man coverage is pattern matching, where you have, you know, three defenders covering three receivers, and they will have rules. The guy who goes deep first, one guy picks up. The guy who goes outside, one guy picks up. This, You know, there's all these rules that basically what the rules do is they allow the cornerbacks, instead of having to chase their guy wherever it goes, to, you know, one guy starts deeper and he's going to cover whoever goes deep. First guy that goes deep is his. That makes it easier for them to be in coverage. In a lot of passing downs, nickel and dime defense, the Steelers do a lot of pattern matching coverage where they start, that guy comes to them, and whoever comes to them, now you're in man coverage. It, it cancels out a lot of the switch releases the the rub routes, all the different ways that you can attack man coverage right off the bat to get your receiver separation. Well, now, 
in the time that you've done that, the Steelers have just waited to see where you're going. Now they know where you're going, and they, they divide you up then. Steelers are very good at it. Patrick Peterson is going to be very, very good at it. The other two, uh, when they go in more of a base and they don't, they're not doing pattern matching, their two main coverage schemes are cover five, and then there's a cover one rat that they run. Cover five is their big one, and that looks like cover two zone, two deep safeties, only in this one, instead of five people in man in front of them, it's five, five people in zone, sorry, in front of them, it's five people in man coverage. With the deep safety help, though, you could see something like Jamar Chase, and this is something the Steelers have done other seasons. This isn't something new they would invent. If you go back and watch Joe Hayden, the years he had, you know, his five interceptions, the guy would, you know, the, the receiver runs deep on him. Joe Hayden would pass him off. Sometimes even in man, Joe Hayden's guys running up the sideline, Terrell Edmonds comes over from his deep safety spot to help cover that guy. Joe Hayden switches into that zone. If you think about it, it's like, imagine Terrell Edmonds is deep. The receiver is running towards Terrell Edmonds, and Joe Hayden is getting burned. He's behind the receiver. So instead of Joe Hayden chasing that guy and Terrell Edmonds just standing where he is, Terrell Edmonds runs with the guy. He's already got a head start. And Joe Hayden runs up and fills Terrell Edmonds' spot. Makes it a lot easier. Makes a lot of sense. Patrick Peterson will be playing like that. If you look at a cover one rat kind of role, that's where take those two safeties, one both of them are deep and, and set up to cover one half of the field each. And then Minka Fitzpatrick usually is the one who comes down. He, right at the snap, will run forward into the middle. And the other safety, DeMonte Kazi maybe, Terrell Edmonds, rolls into the middle to play deep. So you have the middle of the field covered both shallow and deep. In those plays, a Patrick Peterson is going to be, at least at the snap, backing off, giving space, and preventing that guy from beating him deep. If it's a deep route, Patrick Peterson has him, so he's going to start with more of a cushion, ready to cover those deep routes. What he's not going to be ready to cover is stuff cutting across the middle. That's what he's giving up, because that's where his help is. So it's not like he has to man cover him, shadow him, and if he goes inside, make sure he's able to get inside and cut off a slant route, but also not get burnt deep. In most of the cases, he's only got to worry about either deep or short. Even though it's man, he's got help. He's going to be fine. That's that's the kind of system that Joe Hayden came to. Joe Hayden was really good. If you If you look at Joe Hayden's 2019 and 2020 season, Seven interceptions, 29 passes defended. He was good. He was 30 and 31 years old. Patrick Peterson is 32. Was a better athlete to start than Joe Hayden. Is a better athlete right now than Joe Hayden was in 2017 when he came to the Steelers. Patrick Peterson is one year older than Joe Hayden was in those years. That's He's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. I think the Steelers are going to be significantly better at that number one corner spot because of Peterson. But I want to go farther than that because that wasn't what our guest raved about. What our guest raved about was Peterson's leadership. And one of the things he's talked about was P- 
Peterson is incredibly intelligent, very diligent on film, has a ton of experience, and he knows what's going on. Uh, specifically mentioned that after two different times Peterson got an interception, he basically came out and stated, they asked him after the game about it, and he stated, well, I knew where the ball was going to go. I knew where the receivers were going to go because of how they aligned. And because of that and the defense we were in, I knew where the ball was going to go. Like he didn't just – he knew by the alignment and by the down and distance what the play was going to be. And because of the defense they were running, he could predict the quarterback's read and timing. And he could sit on that route, make it look like it's open when he knew exactly where the ball was going. As soon as the quarterback starts to commit to that throw, boom, he's breaking on it. He had a lot of plastic defect deflections last year, had a lot of interceptions. He's a very smart defensive back. He also took young cornerbacks under his arm. Our guest talked about how he, after training camp is over, Patrick Peterson started bringing the young cornerbacks over to his house, would have barbecues, would sit them down, teach them how to watch film, how to look for tendencies, what to study, how to study better. Tips, tricks he had learned over his career imparting that knowledge, passing it on. That's a Steeler trait. That's what used to be common with the Steelers, and it's absolutely fantastic to get a guy like that now. And if you think the Steelers are looking for drafting a cornerback in the first round, then a guy like Patrick Peterson is perfect. Perfect to be the guy across from him. The guy in the locker room. The guy in the film room leading the group, showing the youngster, how to lead, how to be more effective, building him up, teaching him how to work on his craft, how to hone his skills and be better. Fantastic stuff. Absolutely love the Patrick Peterson signing. Also want to bring up something I brought up right after the signing, put it out on Twitter. Uh, the Steelers had Steven Nelson 2019, 2020, and then they cut him because they signed Sutton for a deal that was half of what Steven Nelson was making. Sutton starts 2021, 2022. Now his contract is up, and he goes out and gets a big contract. The Steelers bring in Patrick Peterson for slightly over half of what Cameron Sutton signed for. Is Peterson older? Yeah, he's not a long-term solution. But the Steelers got better for less money in the short term. We're going to talk about this more with uh, some of the other signings, but I think this is a Steeler thing they've done in the past, but it means more this time. If you look at a lot of these contracts the Steelers are signing, they're bringing in a lot of people, not just a starter here and a starter there, a player here and a player there. They're bringing in numbers. The Steelers currently have three guys who played at least 96% of the snaps at guard for their teams last season. And they have another, and Nate Herbig, who played 100% of the games he played after he came in for injuries. Played over half the whole season. So only 60-some percent of his team snaps. And every snap once he stepped on the field and started. With that, like the Steelers basically have three and a half starters at guard. 
they're building depth. People are saying, well, they're, they're clearly going to get rid of multiple guards. I saw someone asking if James Daniel was going to be traded or cut or moved to center. And I'm like, no, I think this team actually is really valuing quality depth. I think that's what they're doing. I think we might be seeing a slight change in how we build the roster instead of what the Steelers have been doing where they get the star players signed to big contracts. And then they kind of fill in the rest of the spots with what they can get for the money left over. And I think we might be seeing a change. Might be seeing a bit of a change in style with the addition with with Andy Weidel where you build a deep and good team. That's the goal. Have a good, deep roster. And then you add stars. Then you pay the stars out of what is left after you have that team. So maybe you have a few, couple fewer stars, right? Fewer higher paid players. Steelers have a lot right now. But as they move forward, I'm wondering, are we going to become a team more like Weidel had, where you kind of build the depth, have a lot of good football players, and then you pay the stars out of what's left, out of the extra, instead of you pay as many stars as you can, and then you piece together what you can get outside of that, and you hope that Kendrick Green can be a center, and you end up with J.C. and Hassenhauer starting. These kind of situations. Right now, the Steelers would not be in a position to start a John LeGlue this season. You know, your fourth guard coming in would be Nate Herbig. That's not bad. Not bad at all. I think it also shows the Steelers are taking advantage of a few positions that are undervalued in the NFL. Offensive guard is undervalued compared to tackle. The Steelers are signing guards, not tackles. Everyone's paying tackles huge money. Guards are getting cheap. Safeties outside of the top few, guys like Minka, Fitzpatrick, and the other top safeties are are getting pretty good money, but there's a lot of starters that aren't. Demonte Kazee is cheaper. And the Steelers can go a little cheaper at cornerback and back it up with good safety play. And you're going to save money over a team that has really good cornerbacks and weaker safeties. You're going to save a lot of money by having better safeties and get the same quality of defense. We're talking about that in the second half of this show as we, we run through a bunch of signings here for the Steelers. Uh, some that I'm very excited about. Some that I'm, I'm, not, as, I'm not as confident about. Uh, but we'll see. I'll, I'll work myself into being excited about them by training camp. <laughs> But uh, but we'll see. Uh, and we'll talk about that right after this break. Welcome back, Steeler fans. I'm your host, Jeffrey Benedict. You're listening to The Cutting Room Floor. We're talking about the Steelers' new personnel team of Omar Khan and Andy Weidel and how they are affecting the Steelers 
and their plans and how they build teams. Uh, I do need to cover two re-signings. DeMonte Kazee, a great re-signing. Works really well with Minka Fitzpatrick. Frees him up as a much better deep safety than Terrell Edmonds. He frees up Minka Fitzpatrick to do a lot of stuff underneath and a lot of the middle of the field work that, that Minka Fitzpatrick excels at without putting, you know, a lesser deep cover safety on the field. The problem with Kazi is the Steelers don't have a box safety. Minkovic Patrick isn't a box safety. He can play some strong safety roles, but and he can play in the box in a pinch. He's good at it, but that's not his best usage. And that also is the position the Miami Dolphins were playing him at when he asked for a trade. Because he didn't want to be in the box, taking on offensive linemen, taking on blockers like that. He didn't want to do that. That's not his game. The Steelers don't have a box safety. Demonte Kazi is not that guy. Uh, I, I would feel a lot better if they would sign Edmonds. I hope they do. Uh, that's really looks like the obvious move. Um, but we'll see. Oh, Larry Ogunjobi. I thought they would re-sign him. He was my number one priority signing for the Steelers. I actually didn't expect them to to sign Sutton. So, you know, I got lucky this year and picked those two. Their big re-signing was Ogunjobi and not Cameron Sutton. Uh, You can can, uh, call me out and have that balance out when the Steelers don't draft an early defensive lineman this draft, and I'm crying about that. You can can come back at me on that one. but Okunjobi, I think, is a great fit with Cameron Hayward. Uh, they're in a great position, I think, to add a young guy still and have a solid room that he can be a rotational piece and he can work his way in, doesn't have to be the guy from day one. I, I think they're in a great position there. I really hope they go get a high-end defensive lineman, but Larry Ogunjobi really, really is a good, good bring back. Uh, and it's not a big contract for him. It's a decent uptick and in, in from what he was making, but not big. If he lasts the whole three years, it's only like a million and a half a year more than he was getting he got for that one year prove it deal coming off of an injury. If you remember the, the Chicago bears tried to sign him to a three year, 40 million deal. That's 13 million a year, nine and a half is nowhere near that. So it was a good deal. They didn't overpay for him. Uh, the Kazi deal was, was cheap, great signing. And now we can move on to the guys the Steelers brought in from other teams outside of Patrick Peterson, who we covered in the first half of the show. Looking at the, some of you talked about defense already. Let's, let's finish with the defense. Cole Holcomb. Cole Holcomb, uh, if, you, if he ever gets back to that 2021 form, oh my goodness, incredible. Absolutely incredible. Like a, uh, like the, the best tradition, like, like, like Ryan Shazier, uh, James Ferrier would be a tier above him, but he would be right below those guys. You know, he'd be a very, very good middle linebacker and re-solidify that position. Even if not, even if he's stuck at around the 2022 level where he had nagging injuries that led to his surgery that he's now recovered from, if he's just that guy, he's better than the linebackers we had last season. He's a very aggressive 
uh, linebacker. He will take on blockers, not always win, but he'll take them on and he'll fight them. He is a fighter. You don't see him playing patty cake with offensive linemen. You don't see him meeting their hands and just being like, all right, buddy, you know, you block me. I, I, I hold the position, you know, business decisions being made here. No, he is a fighter. He's aggressive, takes on the blockers, tries to beat them. Uh, decent to maybe solid, depending on how you're using him in coverage. Not good, though. Definitely not a good cover guy. He's going to rack up a ton of tackles. He's going to play smart run lanes. Uh, if you if you think of a kind of a do-your-job mentality where, like, you have this run lane, make sure they don't run through that lane, and then do other stuff secondary, and you probably won't, like, make an impact there. He's not a do-everything superstar. You know, like TJ Watt can do, like, five things on the same play. Cole Holcomb isn't going to be that guy. But if you give him a clear direction, he's going to do it for you. The other, the other linebacker the Steelers brought in, Landon Roberts, is Devin Bush-sized. You look at him, he is about the same size as Devin Bush. Less athletic than Devin Bush, but still a very good athlete. He's also very aggressive, gets a bunch of tackles, comes in and likes to thump people. If you watched Devin Bush's senior year at the University of Michigan, and you were like, why are the Steelers drafting this guy 10th overall? Landon Roberts plays like that version of Devin Bush aggressive, hit people, but he's kind of small. There's a lot of times you can see he's trying to get a view of the play. Like taller linebackers are like already seeing the play and moving. He is trying to look around people to find the play. Something Devin Bush had trouble with too. That's that's size related. Landon Roberts is going to have that problem too. Uh, But he is aggressive, good tackler, and uh, he's not expensive. That's, that's, (laughs) That's a key. Uh, the question with the linebacker room, though, is where's your coverage? Cole Holcomb, not good. Alandon Roberts, I'd probably say a step below Cole Holcomb. Mark Robinson is learning how to cover. You got no coverage linebackers. This is another place where I can say I'd feel a lot better if uh, Terrell Edmonds was there because he could help with that. Three safety sets could take a lot of pressure off the weaker linebacker coverage. But... Who knows? Maybe they're maybe they're going thinking that route. Like the, the linebackers need to be stopping the run, need to be tackling people, hitting people, and we'll let the safeties and cornerbacks worry about the coverage. Well, it's, it's easier said than done. We'll see how it works out, and we'll see. Maybe the Steelers have more moves coming at linebacker. It's quite possible they could be looking at inside linebacker and not draft a defensive lineman. And I'll just cry myself to sleep for a month. <laughs> Anyways, um, moving on from the linebackers, the uh, the offensive line is a big story here. Nate Herbig, the signed first, he's signed to backup money, not starter money. He is nasty. Like when you want an offensive lineman who's nasty, Nate Herbig's that guy. Not like Kendrick Green. Kendrick Green is has that nastiness in him, like that, like giving people a little something extra, finishing all of his blocks, pancaking people. But he didn't have ten, he didn't have the technique to back it up. So he was more a, you know, bite their ankles as they tackle your quarterback kind of nasty. Not drive them into the ground kind of nasty. Nate Herbig is more effective, has better technique, better size, and he gets the job done with a little bit of nastiness too. He's a run blocker. He's going to be a backup, 
Uh, I love run blocking backups. The NFL today, pass protection is at a premium. Pass protection is harder. Guys who are good at it are rarer, and they're in much more demand, which means they cost more. So if you're getting a backup, why not go grab somebody who can really run block? And isn't it good as pass protection? Because you're going to have a strength there. Instead of trying to mitigate the weaknesses, play to your strengths. Go get a you know go get the best block you can get, no matter what. This is going to be a run blocker. They're cheaper, less in demand. The other offensive line signing, Isaac Samalu, Samalo, can pass and run block. I think he's a better pass blocker than run blocker. Until you get into really short yardage power sets, uh, this this week I'm going to be coming out with a vertex with Dave Schofield on BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, talking about Isaac Sayomalu. I'm going to show it. He does a great job in short yardage situations of getting low and driving defensive tackles back or up and out of the play. Fantastic at it. While all the talk was about them pushing Jalen Hurts across the goal line and across the first down line in short yardage situations, a big part of their success was Isaac Seumalu getting under people and driving them back, creating lanes to push Jalen Hurts through. He is an incredibly smart offensive lineman. Isaac Seumalu is going to be to the offensive line what Patrick Peterson is to the cornerbacks. He's not a superstar. He's not going to be that guy. But he's going to bring you very smart play. And I mean crazy fast at picking up blitzes and stunts. Uh, you'll, you'll see him start to go to block one guy, see that guy take a step, revealing what's going to happen, and he will completely turn his attention, boom, to where the guy he needs to block. And, and man, he shut down so many stunts, so many blitzes because of how fast he reacted, shifted his feet, and got in position to block what he needed to block instead of what his initial read was. And the speed at which he did that really made it hard for other teams to have success running stunts and blitzes against him. Also, he was a shaper of the offensive line game plan, along with uh, Jason Kelsey. He was a big deal in that role. So he's kind of a leader that's going to be great in the film room, great for mentoring. The offensive line that outside of him is young. And so I think he's worth it. And if you look at his contract for being probably the the best guard out there in free agency, not a big contract, not anything close to what guys are getting at offensive tackle. Great signing, great value. Finding the market inequality, finding the players who bring you a lot for less money. That's what the Steelers should be doing. That's what the Steelers are doing. I love it. I think Isaac Sayumalu, if he can stay healthy, is going to be a fantastic addition. I think Patrick Peterson is a fantastic addition. The big signings here, Larry Ogunjobi, Isaac Sayumalu, and Patrick Peterson, I think are slam dunk for the money they got him for. Fantastic signings. Demonte Kazee's cheap, very good for that cheap contract. Nate Herbig. Is needing backup money. He's a capable starter. 
Uh, he's better than than a lot of the starters we've had on this line in the last several years. I think one of the stories at guard is going to be the competition. I don't expect the Steelers to get rid of any of their guards. Kevin Dotson saves them two point seven, I think, million dollars against the cap. I mean, you're gonna you're gonna pay that to get an above replacement level, like an above uh, veteran minimum player. You're gonna be paying that at least. I think Kevin Dotson has more to offer than those guys, and I think the Steelers could go into the season with Kevin Dotson at guard if they wanted to as a backup guard and carry all four guards they currently have here: James Daniels. Isaac Sayumalu, Nate Herbig, and Kevin Dotson. I think they can carry all four of those. Not the most likely situation, but I think we're seeing a focus on developing depth, developing an overall team that has a lot of depth, has a lot of talent, you know, prioritizing that above the big contract guys. Finding the inequalities, finding the players who offer a lot more than they cost. Even if it's intangibles, even if it's not on the field, even if it's stuff in the locker room like a Sayumalu and a Patrick Peterson. Value signings. If you're if you're sitting here saying, well, yeah, the old guys aren't going to be around very long. Well, okay, when they're gone, you you sign another one. I mean, Cameron Sutton was only starter for two years here. He's gone. And I think the Steelers did a good job letting him go and how they replaced him. I I like the way the Steelers are approaching the offseason so far. I think they're hitting, hitting absolute doubles <laughs> in these signings. Theirs are not home runs, but you know what? Four doubles is better than one home run. Really are. I like it. I like the way the Steelers are going. Very excited about this coming season and what comes on the next rest of this offseason. My two free agents to watch right now are Terrell Edmonds and Bud Dupree. I don't think Bud Dupree is going to get a lot of money. Uh, I could be wrong. There's always someone who throws money at people. But I'd love to see Bud Dupree come to the Steelers for, you know, low, low level starter. You know, bottom of the league starter money, or you know, around that, around there, and then uh, get Terrell Edmonds in here to round out your your safety squad, and I think you're in good position to enter the draft. All right, well, that's my show for today. I want to thank you all for listening. Make sure you're checking out all the other podcasts here on the Steel Curtain Network. And make sure you're switching over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, checking out the articles, the news, my film room this week coming up on the Vertex, talking about Isaac Sayumalu. Definitely worth checking out. Thank you for listening. And as always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Steelers.